welcome to episode 89 of Sacking's Therapy. We faced the OKC Thunder twice, and uh, we're actually not going to talk about the game too much. We'll quickly, honestly, gloss over it because, let's be honest, not much happened. Uh, with me to talk about the two games, uh, Fong. Yeah, hello. So, yeah, OKC, we've, when we faced them the first time, we actually almost lost to them, which would have been frustrating. And I said that in the I said it in the first OKC game. This is a very bad OKC team. Yeah, <laughs> like watching them, man. They let's just say they missed a lot of open layups. <laughs> yeah, and you can just tell from the roster they're tanking. They're straight up. There, there's no shame about it. They are just straight up saying, "All right, we're just gonna throw out a bunch of guys." And we're just going to let them jack up shots, run a little bit of offense, take whatever shot they want, and see who can actually play with Shea Gilsos Alexander and Lou Dort. Who, by the way, Lou Dort didn't even play in these two games. I just checked his injury report. There, there, is, no, there is no injury. It just says day-to-day. Oh, that's too bad. Like, I remember the first game, like, his stats were pretty pretty let's just see you could say that <laughs> pretty yeah. abnormal and, yeah well, the one guy that you know is remotely good on the team uh, of course Shea Gilles, Shea Gilles Alexander is good too but he hasn't played in forever and you know Lou Dort is just mysteriously out so I'm just saying they are fully leaning into the tank a lot believe me like th- I know a lot of Kings fans wish we were the OKC Thunder do you do you guys still feel that after watching them play because not they're not fun to watch i mean the one bright spot of them poku this guy is very intriguing to me he's nowhere near being good right now homie shoots 33 percent from the field and i think like 28 percent from three he's not good by any stretch of the imagination there's so many tools there that you that just make you say maybe he could be something good one day like in honestly in maybe four or five years it's i don't think it's the I think it could be a possibility that he might be the best player out of this draft. Yeah, I mean, that'll probably take a few years. Yeah, uh, but the tools are there. And yeah, I, I was actually happy to be able to see po- Poku play because I hear a lot about him. He's he's the human high likes and low like machine. And, you know, th- there were signs that, you know, just a guy like that that can handle the ball at seven feet and can shoot. Like the tools again, the tools are there. What it becomes is such a it's it's such a huge mystery that you know I, I mean I wasn't I wasn't exactly excited to draft if we the Kings were gonna draft him I wouldn't have been excited but like there's there's some intrigue there's something intriguing with him and uh, I like to see what he becomes and uh, yeah that's about it for my OKC take. Uh, what else did you see from OKC? Uh, I actually have a question. NBA.com listed him as a guard. Is he really a guard? <laughs> I mean, do you still use that stuff? Like, do you still use point guard, shooting guard, small that's, forward? That's very true. I'm, like, I'm Luca is a point guard. Luca is a point guard. Like, yeah. I've never really thought of him as a point. I just call him a lead ball handler. That's what I call him. Mm-hmm. Like, again, the, the, it's an antiquated way to look at positions nowadays. So I, I just don't care. Yeah, that's very true. 
Um, yeah, but he did, again, he is basically a seven-foot guard. And again, the tools are there. I just don't know if he can harness all that power to turn into, I don't know, the greatest player of all time for, for all I know. Like, again, the 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 ceiling is is limitless, but at the same time, that floor is limitless as well. <laughs> so, it's a it's it's an interesting. I like to come back to this in a few years and see where he's at. Um, anything else you have about the Thunder? Uh, I mean. Not really. They they switched around their roster a lot to the point where I can't follow like one or two guys without them being quote unquote injured or out for some various ha, reasons. Ha, have you have you really followed the Thunder? Come on. No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. let, let's be honest. I, but like I mean, they're they're tanking. Like they yeah. sent Al Horford home. They. You know, again, Shea probably does have a legit injury, but the fact that he's been out this long, like, it's a bit suspicious. And again, Lou Dort doesn't even have an injury on his injury report. It just says day-to-day. I'm pretty sure they're just saying, fuck it, we're just tanking. Yeah, I really wanted to see Dort in these two games because he he had that grit uh, from the first game. But, you know, I guess we'll just see whoever these guys are out there. Okay, well, again, not much about the games. Uh, I do want to talk about, like, the second game really quickly. Uh, In the second game, uh, towards the end of the game, uh, the Kings put in the third unit. That means Kyle Guy, Justin James, Jemise Ramsey, um, Louis King, and I think Damian Jones. And I, you know, me included, like a lot of Kings Twitter, always clamor, why doesn't Luke play the young guys? Why doesn't Luke play the young guys? Like these young guys, there's a lot of potential there. There's a lot of bright spots. Why do they, why does Luke have to play Corey Joseph? Why does he have to play DeLon Wright? Why does he play Davis so many minutes? Well, you got your answer. Why? Because we were up about, I think, 28 or something along those lines. And we're like in the high, in the mid to high 20s. And he put and Luke puts in the uh, third unit, the the lineup I just mentioned, and at the five minute mark, by the time it got to about two thirty, the OKC goes on an eleven zero run, and the Kings had not scored at all, and it looked it looked grim, <laughs> like and Luke ended up having to put back in uh, Davis and Mo Harkless. So my point is that's kind of why he doesn't play the third unit, unfortunately. Look, again, I love Kyle Guy. I love Justin James. I don't know what Jemias Ramsey is. And Louis King's kind of intriguing. That There's a reason why Luke ends up playing Fox like 38 minutes a game. There's a reason why he's been playing, you know, DeLon like 38 minutes a game. Buddy Harrison 38 minutes a game. The, the, I'm sorry, like, again, I love these guys. They're just not good. So let's put that thing to rest and never talk about playing the third unit. Not again, not ever not talk about it again, but like these guys got a lot of work to do and they're not ready yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I expect, you know, next season uh, we'll see a lot of improvement and maybe, yeah, hopefully they'll get a few more minutes than uh, they usually should in like, an, uh, how I say, it, a regular game. I mean, this is an OKC game, so I, I feel like the minutes they get uh, in these uh, OKC games is fine for me to see like what they got 
Yeah, and unfortunately, like, I mean, I love Kyle Guy. He looked really bad in the minutes he played. Like, mm-hmm. you know, got trapped, couldn't dribble out of it, almost led to a backcourt or a 10-second violation. It just, it just wasn't a good game for him. It was painful for me to watch that. And, yeah, like, he's got a ways to go. Justin James has a ways to go. And, again, I don't know what Jemias Ramsey is. And uh, Louis King, have no clue what he is either. So. You know, yeah. we'll see next year. If Louis King is on the roster, I don't. You you said his ten days coming to end soon, so I don't know if we keep him or not. I feel like we're drafting someone to to take his spot. So yeah, that's that's the sad truth about the NBA. Uh, yeah, it's too bad because we we didn't play him as much as we thought, and you know, yeah, I mean. We signed him. I don't, I don't remember like over a week ago. Yeah, that ten days coming close, and maybe we'll sign him for the rest of the season and as a backup because so far, yeah, our injuries are just piling up, and yeah, we have really no one to put out there besides our uh, bench. Yeah. So I mean, there's only like three more games left, and if we don't make the play in. Like that's what that's the three games. That's four mm. games that we make the play in, and if we win one, five games, and we make the playoffs, baby. But chances are he's not gonna have much of a future. Again, he hasn't shown much. Of course, he hasn't gotten minutes, but it's not like he's a must-play, at least from mm. what I saw. So I don't I don't think he's long for this team. Anyways, so so the, we'll, we're gonna jump back to the first game. No one really talked about the game. And one of the reasons why, well, the, the reason why was because Vlade Divac was courtside with Viveka Monty during the game. And oh, it was no. really weird. Like, you know, a lot of people brought this up. Like, think of any other team you would see the former general manager one year after getting fired. He technically resigned, but let's be honest, he got fired. Um, <laughs> one One year after resigning is back in the back in the building with of the team that you know had him resigned and he's and he's out there chatting it up with the owner and the new general manager think of another team that would do that you have one i'm mm, trying to think of one but i don't i don't think so I feel like the Knicks have something, you know, like had it, uh, something similar, but I, I can't the, think of it. That was the team I was gonna go to, but I don't think Isaiah Thomas has actually appeared in public with James Dolan. But like, you know, I was thinking like maybe football or something like that. But like, I don't think there's been a situation like this. And hell, like, you know, to you know, to be, I guess play devil's advocate, like maybe Vlade like just wants to chat up, chat it up with his team. Like a lot of people say he has a big ego, but at the same time, like he wants to see the Kings succeed. He loves this team. He b- lives and breathes, you know, Sacramento Kings, and he's happy to see this King, th- this team succeed. And he can put that aside. But like it, when he was running the team, he wanted it done his way. But now that he's away from it, maybe he's just cool with that with the team doing well because that's what matters to him. You know, that's the really optimistic way to look at it. Yeah, I mean, he's still a king in our hearts. I mean, he's uh, done a lot of good and, you know, a lot more bad for us. But, you know, he's still a king to me. And uh, as long as he doesn't, you know, I guess 
whisper into Vivek's ears saying this or that. And I think we're fine. <laughs> and yeah, he he is a king's legend. We have his um you know number in the number in the uh, rafters. He always he should always be welcome back in Sacramento. Like he mm-hmm. was very, you know, he was one of the key pieces during our you know our early two um, thousands team. Like he was, he was a big part of that team and big part of building that culture and giving us many good years of Kings basketball or the best stretch of Kings basketball. And yeah, he should, he should be welcomed back with open arms. Like, yes, he was not a good general manager for the most part, but you can, you can look past that at times and just appreciate him as a player. Mm-hmm. But, you know, hopefully like Jason Jones has talked about it. Like he's, he says you you probably will never see this with any other team, and honestly, any other team it might not be a big deal, but this is the Kings, and weird shit has happened. He actually brought up the, this actually made me laugh, but during um 2015 summer league, so or no 2016 summer league, that that was the year after Mike Malone got fired and George Carl was hired, right? And they're at summer. The Kings are at summer league. The players are there. The staff is there. They're all sin. They're all sitting together. Mike Malone walks in. Apparently, every everybody on the Kings except for George Carl, essentially just went, to, just flocked to Mike Malone, say, "Hey, how's it going, man? Long time no see. It's so great to see you." While George is sitting, sitting there alone by himself on the bench in summer league, like nobody wanted to sit with him. <laughs> and everyone's just kind of chilling with Mike Malone because he was the guy that got away. Uh, yeah, I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, it again. Any other organization, this probably doesn't happen. Like Magic Johnson still hasn't been seen since he left the left the Lakers. Um, was it two years ago? Like, it's a weird situation. May, hell, maybe Vladi is just that secure about himself. Like he just isn't, you know, worried about what other people think. Is, is and you know, he's just ha- again happy to be part of the Kings organization. Uh, yeah, I share your thoughts. I just hope he's not in Vivek's ear and like there's some sort of backstabbing going on. Hopefully, because yeah. that is the kind of shit that will keep us in in the crater that is you know what, where we are right now in the, in basketball purgatory or basketball hell. Like that is the kind of shit that will keep you there. And hopefully, this isn't one of those kind of like precursors to something some kind of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's basically it for for this game. We basically blew out um the the um OKC Thunder both games. Like it was one of the only times I can legitimately say the Kings won for the kill. And in the second game we were down 11, but that was fine because OKC defense is terrible and they just let us do whatever the hell we wanted and we came back uh, in the third quarter and won that game comfortably despite the third unit not playing well. Yeah, it's um I mean, again, not not much to say about the you know, these two games. Uh, anything else you want to say? Mm, not really. Besides that, the OKC went a red sea within the paint for us. Other than that, yeah, I can't really tell you much about this game. Yeah, sorry if you guys were looking forward to you know detailed breakdown of OK of the OKC games. I mean, I have some notes here. I'm just not gonna bore you with them. I mean, if, if you if you guys want to let let want to hear this, you got you guys can email me uh, kingstherapypod at gmail.com. 
Uh, again, kingstherapybot at gmail.com if you do want to hear my analysis of these games. But again, if we were playing against a G League team, and yeah, they are trying to tank. It is not much really to... If you were excited about these two wins, fine. That's cool. Like I like seeing wins, and we're amazing enough. We're still in the play-in race, so these two wins are crucial. Well, you know, there's not much to break down. They are a shitty team. We're, you know, we, I can legitimately say we are a more talented team than OKC, and we and we showed that in these two games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, well... if, again, if you want to email me. Um, kingstherapypod at gmail.com you, I can maybe do a bonus episode breaking this game down as much as I can <laughs> yeah we'll most definitely uh, pay attention more to uh, the tomorrow's game which is uh, Sacramento against Memphis and also probably you know San Antonio versus the Knicks so yeah we'll, we'll see because that's I feel like that's going to be a, a big deal breaker with us in the play in well, it's not the deal breaker because we'll get to it. We're going to get to it right now. So the so looking at the standings right now, I have it up here. Let me actually switch it back. I screwed it up. God damn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hold on. Sorry. So currently the Spurs are sitting at – Spurs are currently sitting at 33 and 36. Kings are sitting at 31 and 39. Now, mathematically, we're still in it. And the only way we can make the playoffs is if San Antonio loses all three of their games. So they just lost against Brooklyn tonight. They're playing New York tomorrow night. And then they go back home for a back-to-back against Phoenix. They have to lose all three games. Uh, For us, we are currently 31 and 38. Our next next three games, two two at Memphis back-to-back, Thursday and Friday, at Memphis... And then we come back to face Utah. We have to win these th- these three games in order to um, in order to advance to the play-in. And honestly, it's a bit of a tall task because let me look at the Grizzlies' record right now. They are currently still kind of playing for playoff positioning because they're they're only a half game behind Golden State right now. And I imagine they want to be the eighth seed as opposed to the ninth seed, where you have to play two games to make the playoffs and you are you're guaranteed to have to play two games to make the playoffs. So they're going to, they're not going to take these games easily. And uh, looking at the injury report for the Kings, Fox is going to be out. Harrison's going to be out. Buddy is actually question. I think, I think it's a probable or day to day. Marvin Bagley is a day to day. So we don't even know who's going to be at this game. <laughs> and, you know, the Kings have shown like renewed vigor and just a, a resilience about them. But if they're down this many guys, it's going to be tough. And, yeah, it's going to be an uphill battle. And, you know, hopefully, like, everyone can play and everyone is healthy. And, honestly, I want to see the Kings beat the shit out of Memphis. Like, I'm tired of, like, listening to how good Memphis is, how good John Moran is. I'm actually very disappointed that Fox is not going to be able to play against uh, Memphis, at least on Thursday. I don't know about Friday. But, like, I want to see I want to see the Kings beat the shit out of Memphis. Like, this to me is one of the more unlikable teams in the league. Just a, bu- I don't want to say a bunch of dirt bags, but definitely a bunch of guys who are very unlikable. Valanciunas, an asshole. Uh, Grayson Allen, renowned asshole. Um, John Morant talks a lot of shit, and uh, you know there, there's a there's a bunch of other guys like you know you know some people do like. I'm not gonna hate on them as much as you know as much as I can, but like 
there are these are guys that like to talk and you know do do sometimes let's just say questionable shit and don't exactly endear themselves to the rest of the public which is cool like you know you not everyone has to like you but this is a very cocky team an upstart team and uh yeah i liked and they you know they've they have a bit of a grudge match against a little bit of a grudge match rivalry with the Kings. Like, Amin Al-Hassan was comparing Ja Morant to Fox, which is a fair comparison. He he thinks that, you know, Ja is better than Fox. I tend to not believe so, and I want to see Fox be able to prove himself out there. He's not going to be able to do it Thursday. We'll see Friday, but... Like, there's a bit of a, you know, a bit of a grudge match. And let's let's not forget, you know, Valanciunas injured Metsu, like, earlier in the year, earlier in the year, and almost cost him his entire career. Like... I want to see the Kings come out and just make a statement and just beat the shit out of this Memphis team. Oh yeah, I, I can't wait for tomorrow's game then, because I I feel like there's gonna be a met to a resurgence game, not resurgence. What am I saying? Revenge. <laughs> Revenge. <laughs> and if you are wondering, no, they cannot drop to the 10 seed. Um, they are three games ahead of San Antonio, so there's no way where they're going to fall to the 10 seed. But, like, again, you know, just for standings purposes, you have to, or to the play, if the Kings are serious about making the play in, you got to win this game. You got to win these two games. It's going to be a tough, tough task. Like, Memphis, as, as much as I just hate it on, they're a good team. They have competent, you know, uh, NBA players. They have, like, you know, they are, they have contributing, like, smart NBA players. Like, you know, Valanciunas is no scrub. Like, Grayson Allen's a useful player. Uh, Desmond Bain, you know, surprisingly good this year. Uh, De'Anthony Melton, good. Uh, Marshawn, about, almost said Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Brooks is a good, is a good, man, yeah, decent NBA player. He's all right. <laughs> Jaron Jackson, a very, a good player. And John ja Morant, he's a, he's a rising star. Like, this is a good team. And the Kings are going to be shorthanded during this, during this, um, during these two games. Let's see if let's see if they have the resilience to be able to at least give give you know Memphis a fight, and I and let's just see if like if they can outlast them in the in the end because I want to see I want to see some smoke this game or these mm. two games. Yeah, it'd be very interesting. I mean, if we do win to the play-in, you think we'll be playing Memphis in the play-in? Uh, yeah, we would. Yeah, we will be playing Memphis. Yeah, you're right. Then again, I'm not sure how. Yeah. If uh, Golden State will fall or Memphis will go up, we'll we'll have to see about that. But yeah, that'll be interesting uh, playing Memphis again in the play-in if we ever get in. Yeah. So the way this is set up, like if we if we end up making the play-in, we're playing Memphis no matter what because there's no way. Like that would mean we have to beat them twice. So they're gonna drop and drop and Golden mm-hmm. State, even if they just stay at where they are or if they just like win one, lose one, they'll be you know farther and farther away from. Um, farther, farther away from Memphis. So mm, yeah, that's we, true. Now, yeah, you just mentioned it. Well, so if we make the play-in, we're playing them three times. There is going to be a grudge match growing between these two teams and going into the future. And uh, hopefully, Fox does is able to come back. I want to see. I want to see that battle again. Oh yeah, definitely. So yeah, hopefully, um, you know. The, like we can keep bring that resilience, carry that resilience over to these to these games. We we've, we've been beating up on the OKC Thunder for a little bit too long now. Like we we might have gotten a little bit comfortable. Now it's time time again to you know play against a real team, if you will. So 
yeah, we shall see what happens tomorrow. We'll see what happens uh, with San Antonio tomorrow. Like, do they falter against New York? Because New York, like, they're dogs. Like, those got Julius, like, they just, like, took the fight to uh, to the Lakers last night. And, yeah, like, they are not going to make it easy on the San, on San Antonio. And also, they're fighting for, they're fighting for positioning. They're not going to take those games easy either. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we shall see. Again, we have to win all three. So, yeah, it, it's unfortunate that we, you know, like, it, it, this is this this kind of game or these kinds of games show you that every single win matters, like, towards the end of the season. If you look at early in the season, like, us losing that Charlotte game, us randomly kind of losing against, like, Detroit and, you know, randomly having those nine-game losing streaks, like... Jason Jones and Kenny Carraway brought it up on their podcast. If we just went like two for seven or like three for six instead of, you know, nine straight twice, like we'd be, we'd be dead. We'd be pretty dead set in, in the eighth seed right now, or even the, uh, would we be in the sixth seed? We would not be in the sixth seed, but like, we'd be pretty dead, dead set, like in the upper tier of that play in. So like, you know, a lot of guys like say like, oh, you know what, just tank. Like, we should just lose these games on purpose. It doesn't even matter if we win these games like in the middle of the season. Well, it's come down to this. Every single win matters. And it's good to see that the Kings have been resilient and they've been, you know, six of their last seven, I think. Like, they've been, they've shown resilience. And like, you know, of course, like if they played a little better in the beginning of the season, we wouldn't be in this position. But like, I like, I like to see the Kings fight out, out of diversity or about diverse adversity. Like I want to, again, they have shown a lot of resilience in this uh, ending stretch. I want to see them, you know, continue to carry it over and hopefully we make the play and, you know, have a chance at least of like, you know, upsetting the Lakers. Yeah. Well, we shall see. Okay, well, that's it for this episode. You have anything else you want to talk about? I did. I I did talk to you before this about Russell Westbrook's triple doubles. Any thoughts? I mean, I guess it's nice it's broken, but I don't know. It, it, in my opinion, it's. I mean, it's some pretty hate that shit earlier. Come on, bring the smoke. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, congrats to him, but you know, I in my opinion. Uh, He's not really a, a winning player. Shots have been fired. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat with you. Like, it's great. Like, you know, I, I know that, you know, he's made getting triple doubles uncool. But think about how many goddamn triple doubles he's gotten to make that a thing. Or make that not a thing. Because... <laughs> Like he's gotten so many triple doubles that is just another thing that happens. I I remember back in 2014, Lance Steve everyone was fawning over Lance Stevenson because he got five triple doubles during the season, and everyone was like, "Oh my God, this guy's gonna be a star." Yeah, Russ is getting like 27 of them at each season now. Like, so like it, it's a it's an interesting evolution of like just. Kind of like this type of offense where you just have one guy like handle the ball a lot, and like that can lead you to a certain level of success. Uh, yeah, I mean, for him, in my opinion, I think he'll be cemented as you know triple double king. And other than that, 
I don't, I don't, I really don't think anything else yet. Hopefully, maybe, and you'll never know. I mean, yeah, I, I will say they're, a, they're a very dangerous play-in team uh, in the, in the East. Just because, well, as long as Bradley Beal can come back, they're a very dangerous play-in team. And if they make the playoffs, like as the eighth seed, which like the chances are, they probably will. Like they're. I mean, they're they're gonna play the Pacers and the and the Hornets or oh, God Boston, Jesus. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, those teams aren't exactly juggernauts, and like if they make it in, and if they can somehow play, oh, actually, ooh, now that I'm looking at it, because I was gonna say like they they might play KD in the first round, or Russ might play KD in the first round. I I want to see that spoke, but Brooklyn is probably gonna be locked into the second to the second seed. They're one and a half games behind uh, Philadelphia right now, so. Mm. I don't think they're catching up. No, probably not. But yeah, that'll be a that'll be an interesting playoff uh, game between Washington and Brooklyn if they do make it. I'm not sure. I feel like. Hmm. Well, they're not gonna make it because you know. Well, what I mean is that they're not gonna play each other because I don't think I don't think Brooklyn's getting the first seed. So. Oh yeah, and no. They can only get and Washington can kind of only get the eight seed. But again. It's nice to see. It's nice that this will be probably be Russ's record for at least a while. I don't know if he can actually. I don't know if it's going to be like the forever record, but like, you know, I think, you know, he he's made his mark in history. And, and like when he retires, <laughs> guys are definitely going to remember him way better than he actually was. I'll just say. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay, well, uh, after that, um, I'm, I'm pretty much out of topics to talk about. We are just anxiously waiting for the next upcoming games, and hopefully, like, you know, more Kings wins. I know it's going to, like, hamper our lottery odds, but, like, like again, it, you know, it's, like, by one, one, one and a half percent of getting, like, you know, the first pick, and it's, uh, it's a, to me, it's a negligible percentage to get in the top four anyways. So you might as well just win. It's okay. Like, you don't need to win through the draft, <laughs> let's just say. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I would very much love Kate Cunningham, but it's not like it's not like there is no chance that we can't get him. Yeah, that slim chance. I mean, for me, I'm I'm pretty unlucky with the simulator, so I keep on getting ninth and 10th. But, yeah, you know, you got uh, first uh, quite a few times. Uh, yes. Uh, and as I, as it's shown, like, the draft is a crapshoot, especially with the flattened lottery odds. It's just, there is no surefire way to get in the top four, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, we'll, so we'll see. But I'm, I'm happy I'm happy that the Kings have shown resilience. I'm happy that they were able to take care of business against OKC. And hopefully good things are coming. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess we'll see you guys probably friday because it's a bat to back or uh, yeah fr- probably friday night yeah mm-hmm. yeah well, i guess we'll see you guys later